This morning, this morning, I want to continue my series that we started last week called Running with the Giants. Now, for those of you that weren't with us last week, um, out of Hebrews chapter number 11, Hebrews chapter number 11 is known as the faith chapter. It's uh, talking about some great heroes of faith, okay? And, uh, and then in chapter number 12 of Hebrews, and I'm going to read that, verses 1 and 2. It says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The idea here is that we as Christians are running a race. We as believers are running a faith journey, okay? And there is a crowd watching us. This coming Wednesday night for First Fruits Wednesday, there's going to be a crowd watching Pine Rib Derby, Brother Rick. There's been some times it was just you and a couple kids doing Pine Rib Derby. It's going to be an exciting time, okay? And we're going to have a great old time, okay? Because we get to be in the crowd. We get to experience what's going on. Well, you know what? There are great men and women of faith that have gone ahead of us. We read a lot about them in Hebrews chapter 11. And I just picture that in heaven's realms, they're watching how we're living our lives. They're rooting us on. They're cheering us on. It's an exciting thing. Okay, And last week, we we, we began this journey by, by talking about Noah. Okay, And what would happen if some of these great men and women of faith could come out of heaven and just run a lap with us? Come alongside us, Sister Eloise, and encourage us and give us some words of wisdom from their life that was very well lived. Well, last week we we talked about Noah, and and of course Noah would tell you that one person can make a difference. Because Noah's faith made a difference, not only for him, but his entire family. You see, guys, the decisions that we make not only affect us, they affect our entire family. They, they affect the entire church, okay? So Noah would come alongside Sister Eloise and say, you can make a difference. In fact, you are making a difference. Keep making a difference because one person can make a difference. And today, we're going to continue this uh, journey, if you will. We're going to continue this this study and and uh, the next person coming out of the crowd and and coming to encourage us looks looks somebody looks like somebody who's pretty familiar. In fact, uh, it's a it's a man with a long beard carrying a staff in his hand, and my intuition tells me that it's Moses. Now, guys, I got to tell you, I really like Moses because my nickname for Moses is Mo. Okay, I'll let you figure out why I like him, okay? But Moses was an amazing man of God, okay? As Moses approaches us, I can't wait to have some time with him. I can't wait to hear what he's going to have to tell us. There's so much to admire about him. I wonder what he'll talk about. Will it be the creativity that his mother had that when all the children were being killed, uh, she made a little boat? Kind of like Brother Herb you could have helped her, man. You're good at making boats, okay? But, but she didn't make one near as intricate or pretty as yours, but, but it worked, okay? It was a little basket, and she put a little tar on it, a little pitch on it, made it waterproof, and, and she just trusted that God was going to take care of her child. Sister Josie, it's kind of like you're telling Kayla, God's going to take care of your child. That's God's child. That's God's promise. It's, it, it, it's going to be okay. And So is he going to tell about that story? Or, or will he talk about the burning bush encounter? Wow, that's pretty good stuff, okay? You know, Fabian, we've seen bushes burn up before, but, but this bush didn't burn up. 
It's on fire, but it didn't go nowhere. And then the voice of God came forth. Or the parting of the Red Sea. I don't know about you, but that, that sounded pretty cool. I would have liked to, to been in on that one, okay? I'd like to have had a little part in that one, okay? Wouldn't have want to been in the Egyptian army, but I would have really liked to have a part in that one on the good guy's side, okay? How amazing would that be? Or maybe how he received the Ten Commandments. Or, or better yet, man, think about the leadership in, insights Moses could give. He led uh, the children of Israel out of bondage and, and led two million people that, that, for the truth of the matter is, were, were kind of a bunch of complainers. Okay? Man, God would do great things for them. And next thing you know, they were, they were ready to, 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 to boot God out. They were ready to stone Moses. Man, that, that guy's pretty amazing. God, there's so many things he could talk about and teach us. Soon we're running our lap together, and, and for a while we simply travel side by side, waiting to hear what he says. Finally, Moses, the man who spoke with God face to face, as one would to a friend, says, live in the faith zone, not the safe zone. Moses, great man of God, would tell us today, live in the faith zone, no longer the safe zone. So I want to pray over you today because today with God's help, let us try to heed Moses' advice and walk out of that safe zone that we've been living in for way too long and step into the faith zone where miracles happen, where great things happen, where lives get changed. We walk into our destiny and we see the hand of God in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for Moses. Thank you for that great man of faith. Lord, I pray today, Lord God, that his life that was so well lived would speak truth to our lives today, Lord. God, some of us today, we've been camped in the safe zone for so long, we, we, we don't know any other zone. But today, I believe you're going to stir something up in our hearts, God. You're going to stir something up in the heart of this church, that God, we're going to have the faith to step out of our comfort zone, to step out of where we are today into the destiny that you have for us, Lord. God, help us to take some notes from from Moses. Help us to take some encouragement from Moses. But most of all, help us heed your direction, your Holy Spirit being our guide and our teacher. Touch us today, Lord, as we build our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, as we continue running, Moses seems to consider what he wants to tell us. Finally, he says, each person's story is written in risks. The ones taken and the ones avoided. Look at my life, he would say. Do you think you would know my story if I hadn't stepped out of the safe zone? You know, sometimes I wonder, did God have someone else who he wanted to deliver the children of Israel by? Well, I always wonder that. I, I just don't know. I actually preached a message one time on, you know, we, we think of great, the great man of God, Abraham, and we'll talk about him in the future. But, uh, but remember, Abraham's father was the first one to move out, but he stopped along the way. Did maybe God call Abraham's dad to do some great things, but he just got so comfortable, he just got so, so, so satisfied that he didn't fulfill what God had for him to do? So was there somebody else, Brother Rick? Maybe there was somebody prior to Moses. Maybe there were, because God wanted to deliver his people. God had promised that deliverance was coming. Maybe, Blaine, he had chosen somebody else, but because they didn't have the faith of Moses, maybe they fell short. 
But whatever the case is, Moses is the man. Moses is the giant that we're talking about. And he would tell you, you wouldn't be hearing about me today if I had stayed in the safe zone. You wouldn't know my name today. I would just be some other nameless Egyptian prince if I had not stepped out of the safe zone into the faith zone. You see, would we even be talking to him if he hadn't entered the faith zone? Not at all. The greatest moment of my walk with God, Moses would say, came at the burning bush. The decision I made there that day wrote the next 40 years of my life. It's a decision that brought daily encounters with the living God. But in the moment of decision, it was not easy to make. Let's look at some of the things Moses did by faith. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11, we're going to read verses 23 through 29. In the King James Version, it says this, by faith, and here's the important thing, everything these men and women of God do is by faith. Everything you and I do, Sister Eloise, should be by faith. Amen? So by faith, verse 23 says, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he had come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See, one of the great things about Moses is he had big picture thinking. Okay, could he have remained in the palace of, uh, of Egypt? Absolutely. Could he have enjoyed an amazing life? Absolutely. But he would have failed God miserably and it would have cost him everything. You see, guys, we need to learn to look big picture, okay? So many times we make decisions based on short-term, uh, uh, short-term view. We just say, what's best for today? No, people, let's begin to look what's best for five years from now. What's best for my family 10 years from now? See, some of the sacrifices we're going to make today by faith will not just bless us, but they'll bless future generations. Amen? So Moses, verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of heaven, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood, lest that he destroy the firstborn should touch them. Verse 29, now look, Moses' faith influenced an entire nation because look at verse 29 by faith they children of Israel passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned guys one man whose amazing steps of faith transformed the destiny of an entire nation one person can make a difference Moses uh, Noah proved it last week Moses proves it this week. We're just trying to encourage you that you can make a difference. Amen? So Moses would say, he goes on to describe all the things that he went through and what it took for him to overcome the safe zone and step into the faith zone. So what, 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 what did Moses have to do? What did Moses have to overcome? What are you and I going to have to overcome if we're going to step out of the safe zone into the faith zone? Number one. Moses overcame the experiences of his past. 
Moses overcame the experiences of his past. Do you realize that all of us have a past? All of us have a past. Some of our past is a good past. Some of us, you have, you have great memories, okay? I, I was talking to Miss Carla this morning. She told me she used to come to this church 30 years ago. That's a good memory, okay? That's a good memory. That's a solid thing. Some of you have been in this church for years. That's good memories, okay? Some of us, though, our past is not so good. Some of us, our past is one we'd rather forget. Okay, but whatever the case is, if you're going to do anything significant for God, you've got to overcome your past, both the good and the bad. Now, some of you would be, why would I have to overcome the good? You know, I remember one time in high school, long, long time ago. Okay, getting longer by the year. Okay, long, long time ago, I played football in high school. I was pretty good at it. Okay, and we went to Monroe, Louisiana, Blaine, to play the Neville High School Tigers. Okay. Now, Neville was pretty good back then. By the way, they're still pretty good today, okay? In fact, they were defending state champions, okay? The year before, we had played them in Franklin, and they beat us on the last play of the game. The eventual state champions beat us on the last play of the game, Rick. So we were feeling pretty good about going up to Monroe. Well, I don't remember exactly how the game went. Well, I do. It didn't go so well. (laughs) Okay? In fact, it was so bad that our head coach wouldn't even talk to us after the game. Okay? He said, Coach Wilson, you talk to these bums. I'm getting on the bus. I mean, it really didn't go so well, okay? Blaine, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves, and we were really, really fast, okay? The first hint was we walked on the field, Brother Rick, and we couldn't see our shoes. Man, that grass was long. Okay, and though it hadn't rained in Monroe in weeks, it was soggy. What had them guys done? They watered their feel and grew it up because them track stars can't run in that rough, and we couldn't. Okay, I was a little sophomore, first varsity, uh, second varsity start. I was kind of excited, Arthur. Okay, and I, I was kind of, you know, you're watching other team warm up, and you kind of know who you got to block, Blaine. And, and I saw this little fella, baby, and he didn't look too tough. You know, you ever size people up? He don't look too tough. Okay. First play of the game, Sister Valley, we got to run a sweep, and, and I, I get to step on him, okay? So I'm like, I'm going to hit him, okay? Man, he ain't too smart either. I realized when I hit him why he wasn't really worried about me hitting him, okay? Because Arthur, he gave me a flipper up under the chin, and he about knocked me cold, okay? And I'm, I'm getting myself back up as I see the running back thrown for a loss, and I said, self, this is going to be a long game. And guess what? It was, okay? So we got beat really, really bad, and our coach is mad, okay? And Coach Wilson's talking to us, and and I see a little sign in the corner, okay? And and, and Brother Witt, it said, good is the enemy of the great. And that saying has stuck with me for a long, long time. I don't remember a thing Coach Wilson told us, but I remember that sign. The good is the enemy of the great. And apparently Neville High wasn't satisfied with just being good. They wanted to be great. So why do I tell you that story? Well, to make you laugh a little bit, but also to tell you that the good is still the enemy to the great. That is true in spiritual terms. That is good for a church. That that is true for a church. That is true for you and I. Okay? You know, we can be satisfied with just being good. We can be satisfied, Brother Arthur, with just going so far. But God wants us to be great. God wants us to not just do good things for Him. He wants us to do great things for Him. Amen? I'm here to challenge you today. God wants us to believe Him for more. He's not sat. 
He wants us to believe him for more. So we got to overcome our past, both the good and the bad. Obviously, the bad I don't need to go into. You understand that. The enemy tries to bring that junk up all the time. Just dismiss that. But you've got to overcome your past if you're going to do anything significant for God. Moses would say, I was born into uncertainty. After his mother put him into God's hands, he was taken in by Pharaoh's daughter. He lived a life of comfort. He grew up in the ultimate safe zone, the palace of the king. He wanted for nothing. You think your kids are spoiled? (laughs) This guy was spoiled. Then when he was 40, he took a risk. He left the safe zone and he tried to do something big on his own for his people. See, what Moses did at 40 was in the flesh. You cannot accomplish anything significant for the kingdom of God in the flesh. Let me say that again because I might listen to my own sermon. You cannot accomplish anything significant for the kingdom of God in the flesh. Moses thought he was going to deliver the children by killing the Egyptians. Didn't work out that way. Didn't work out that way. He took a risk. He left the safe zone, tried to do something big on his own. He killed an Egyptian while defending a fellow Hebrew. What was the results of his human effort? Pharaoh wanted to kill him for it, and Moses had to flee everything he had known. For the next 40 years of exile in the desert, Moses never forgot his experiences in Egypt. He became like the cat who once sat on a hot stove and was determined never to get on a stove again. Moses felt he had learned his lesson. Egypt was not the place for him. So guys, Moses had to overcome his past. Secondly, Moses had to overcome the comforts of his present. You see, sad is the day when a person becomes absolutely satisfied with the life he is living, the thoughts he is thinking, the deeds he is doing, when there forever ceases to beat at the door of his soul a desire to do something more for God. You know, I've I've heard it called a divine dissatisfaction. I, I pray to God that God would stir that up in every one of us. Are we thankful what God is doing? Absolutely. Are we praising God for new people coming to the church? Absolutely. Are we praising God for salvation stories like the one out on I-20 and all the amazing things God is doing, uh, healing Sister Diana's uh, dad? Are we thanking him for all that? Absolutely. Yes, yes, and yes. But guys, he wants to do more. And he wants to stir up in us today a divine dissatisfaction. Amen? He's stirring it up in your pastor. He's stir- it been stirred up in that woman, okay? He's stirring us up in our hearts, guys, and it needs to become contagious. You know, guys, they're, they're, you know, it's that time of the year where stuff goes around, right? You, uh, you know, I was talking to Sister Judy. So good to see you in church this morning. She's been feeling a little bad. And she said, I'm, I'm afraid I might have passed it to Irvin, and he's going to have to go get a shot this week, okay? Well, well, Irvin ain't too excited about shots, okay? And he kind of wishes Judy had been a little bit more selfish with that little, that little congestion she had. But, but don't you know when one person gets sick, it goes around? It goes around, right? Guys, I pray that this divine dissatisfaction would go around. That it would be contagious in this church. That Sister Josie, we wouldn't be satisfied with just one person getting saved. We wouldn't be satisfied with just one new family coming in. We wouldn't be satisfied with just a dozen teenagers. Though we thank God for a dozen teenagers, we would pray and believe and do for more. Amen? 
That's what God is trying to do in us today. That's what God is trying to stir up through the man Moses today. A divine dissatisfaction. You see, after Moses left Egypt, he spent the next 40 years in the wilderness of Midian tending sheep. Any of you ever been in the wilderness before? We've been there as individuals. I called it the district office. Okay? We've been in the wilderness before. Okay? This church has been in the wilderness before. Okay? You understand wilderness. You understand that. Moses understood it too. But he realized the wilderness was for a season and for a reason. Guys, the things that we go through, there's got to be a purpose to the pain we go through. Amen? God just doesn't want to hurt his people. In fact, he wants to love on his people. He wants to develop you. But he knows sometimes it takes tough circumstances to pull out the best in you. So Moses left and he goes to Midian tending sheep. And guess what happened to Moses there? He got comfortable. (laughs) He grew accustomed to the lifestyle there. The desert became another safe zone for Moses. Jethro took him in, made him part of his family. Moses took one of Jethro's daughters as his wife and they had a son. Moses had a secure place in the family business. Jethro had no sons, only daughters, so Moses was the heir apparent. Man, I've got another cush job. Why would he want to leave all that? He had forged a new life for himself, and while it wasn't in a palace, it was still very comfortable. He had left behind, he had left Egypt behind forever and made a complete transition, or at least that's what he's thought. See, guys, we all have a tendency to get comfortable in our present circumstances. Chantel, you work with Teen Challenge all the time. How many times have you seen addicts get comfortable in their present circumstance? Now, some of us, we would go, how can you be comfortable in that situation? How in the world can you enjoy rock bottom? But some people start decorating rock bottom. (laughs) They start making it as as comfortable. as That's just human nature. Jennifer, we just want to get comfortable in whatever circumstance we're in. And sometimes we choose some pretty pathetic circumstances. Okay? Don't become comfortable in your self-pity. Don't become comfortable in your self-apathy. Don't become comfortable in your addiction. Know that there is hope. Know that there is an opportunity to change. Know that Moses proves that you can walk out of that safe zone into the faith zone. But it's going to take faith. Amen? It's not just going to happen. I can't, I, can't, I can't make that decision for you. If I could, I would make it for every one of you in here. In fact, I wouldn't stop with you. I'd make it for everybody in this community. I'd make the choice for them, Miss Belinda. I'd say, walk into the faith zone. Serve God. Do great things. But that's a choice only you can make. Moses made the choice, though. And so thirdly, Moses would tell us that he overcame the insecurity of his future. You see, guys, when you begin to walk out of your faith zone, when you begin to step into the future God has for you, there's tons of uncertainty. There's there's a whole lot of question marks and not a lot of answers. See, when God calls Moses through the burning bush and told him to leave his comfortable situation and go back to Egypt to accomplish his life's mission, Moses felt totally unqualified to lead. You ever been there before? You ever felt totally unqualified? Brother Rick, I'm sure you were supremely qualified when when all the transition happens at this church and the buck stopped with you. I'm sure you felt completely qualified, right? (laughs) No, didn't sign up for this. I just liked y'all, so I let y'all vote. I'm I'm talking about Brother Rick. By the way, I liked y'all too and let y'all vote on me too. 
Okay, but there are times I feel unqualified. There are still situations that come up in people's lives that, Sister Janet, I feel unqualified. I know you're like, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be qualified. Well, I am qualified, but I still feel unqualified sometimes. Amen. But guys, we got to overcome that. We got to overcome the insecurity of the future. Moses felt totally unqualified to do what God had asked him to do. He was insecure about himself and his future. As a result, look at some of the questions he had. You can go home and read this in Exodus chapter number 3 and 4. But look at some of the questions God had for Moses. Sometimes we're like, can God handle my questions? Yes, he can handle your questions. He handled Moses's. Look at the questions Moses asked. Who am I that I should go? Lord, you, you sure you want me? Lord, are you sure I'm the guy? What shall I say to them? What am I going to say, Lord? But suppose they don't believe me. Guys, you ever had those doubts and those fears creep up on you? What if they say no? I want to invite him to church, but what if he says no? What if he says yes? Okay, I want to pray for that person at Walmart, but what if they say no? What if they say yes? I want to believe for my friend's healing, but what if they don't get healed? But what if they do? You see, guys, we need to begin to overcome those insecurities. Moses also said, but, 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 but I don't speak too well. Guess what, guys? God can use a stuttering man of faith a whole lot more than he can use somebody who's very eloquent who has no faith. Amen? God wasn't looking for a politician. God was looking for a man of faith. Amen? And guess what? He's not going to transform the world today through politicians. In fact, if there's a politician who says he can do that, you better watch him because the book of Revelation tells about him. Okay? But God wants to use men and women of faith. He used them in Moses' day. He still uses them today. So Moses had to overcome the insecurity of the future. Every time Moses raised an objection to God's call, God answered it thoroughly. So God can handle your questions. But Moses was still afraid. Oh Lord, he finally cried in Exodus 4, please send somebody else to do it. You ever been there? Lord, send somebody else to do it. Lord, I don't want to do it. Jesus was there at Gethsemane. Oh, he didn't whine this much. But he said, Lord... Is there any other way? But not my will, but thine be done. We need to get to that place. Fortunately for Moses and for the children of Israel, God wouldn't take no for an answer. And though afraid, Moses finally did the only thing that helps when we are uncertain about our future. Are you uncertain about your future? Are you uncertain about that trip to the doctor? Are you uncertain maybe about that hip surgery? Are you uncertain about those things? Lean on God. What did Moses do? He leaned on God. He realized that God is stronger than he is. He realized that God had his future in his hand. He realized that he didn't have to know it all because God already did. And the same is true for you and I today. Whether you're a teenager, whether you're a middle-ager, whether you're a senior saint, God is still able for you to lean on him. The one who knows your future in every detail. In doing that, he agreed to answer God's call, leave his comfort zone, and return to Egypt. As a result, the children of Israel were delivered out of the hands of Pharaoh. You see, guys, we've got to get to the place where 
we overcome the uncertainty of the future. He left his safe zone once and for all and extended the faith zone where God, or stepped into the faith zone where God wanted him to be. The Lord desires the same for you and I today. Amen? You know, guys, I remember when I left this place some 15 years ago, I stepped into the faith zone as a 29-year-old pastor, okay? Not knowing a clue what was going on, okay? You know what, guys? A lot has changed in in 14 years since then, but I still got to lean on God. Amen? And the moment, Brother Rick, I start thinking I don't have to lean on God, pop me upside the head because I need a a reality check, okay? By the way, I can tell that to him because he'd do it in a lovingly way, okay? But here's the deal, guys. We've got to step into the faith zone. We've got to lean on God. We got to realize that he's for us and not against us, Amen? Oh, good stuff. Look, man, we've got people that are stepping out of the faith zone all around us. Let it be contagious. Amen? There's power in one small act of faith. What is God asking you to do? What's that one small act of faith he's asking you to do? It could be the key for your entire family. What is he asking you to do? He was asking Moses to deliver a people, but he was asking him to do it one step at a time. He just said, will you go to Pharaoh? See, guys, when we do what God asks us to do, he does what only he can do. See, could could Moses by himself deliver the people of Egypt, of Israel? No, he had no chance. But all he had to do was what God asked him to do, and God was going to do the rest. Amen? See, you do the natural, and he'll do the supernatural. And it still works like that today. So as we wrap things up, what are Moses' final, final words of encouragement? We see our lap with Moses is coming to an end. What would he tell us? What would be the last couple things he'd tell us? The yeah, but how? This is all good. I need to overcome this stuff, but how do I do it? Yeah, but how? Here it goes. Moses would say, number one, we do not naturally leave the safe zone. It's not natural. It is natural to get comfortable in our circumstances. It is natural to just make it, make it a little more livable. Moses would say, I didn't want to leave Egypt. It was all I knew. Yet if I hadn't, I would have never experienced the burning bush. Then I didn't want to leave the Midian desert. But if I hadn't left the desert, I would have never been seen God part the Red Sea or deliver his people. And I never would have talked to God face to face. Just because you don't want to do something doesn't mean you shouldn't. Just because you don't want to pray doesn't mean you shouldn't. Just because when you're in line at Walmart and, and the Lord is kind of stirring on you to pray for somebody doesn't mean you shouldn't. Amen? Just because you don't want a witness doesn't mean you shouldn't. Okay? Last week we gave out some little invite cards and a couple people are here today because of those cards. Praise God. Thank you for taking a step of faith. Okay? Those are going to be available. And then about three weeks prior to Easter, we're going to give everybody a bunch of those. Because why? Easter's one of those days that everybody at least thinks about going to church. All right? And some people will just come if you'll ask them. But what if they say no? But what if they say yes? Amen? So you got to step out of your faith zone. You got to step out of your safe zone into your faith zone. Moses would say, it's not natural to leave the safe zone. You want to stay in the safe zone, even if it ain't where you're supposed to be. Guys, this church has been in the safe zone for too long. We as men and women of God have been in the safe zone for too long. Amen? We need to step into the faith zone. Okay? Moses did it, and you can do it too. 
So why, why, church, am I asking you to leave the safe zone and step into the faith zone? Because, number two, growth begins when you leave the safe zone. Growth only begins when you take steps of faith. Growth only begins when you step out of the comfortable and the safe into the area of faith. You see, for 40 years, Moses benefited from everything Egypt had to offer. But only after he left Egypt was the first time that he began to learn what was really important. And it took another 40 years in the desert to discover how God intended to use him. By then, he had been broken and remade by God. He had learned humility. You can't stay the same and learn at the same time. If you want to grow, you need to go. And that place you need to go. It's the faith zone. Think about the man Moses. At 40 years of age, he murdered a person. Okay? 40 years later, the Bible says he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Let that sink in. You know, I've had mentors of mine that, that uh, you know, my nickname's Mo, so you just naturally think of Moses. And, and, uh, and he said, I had a good friend of mine just right down the road, Walt Rose. He said, Mo, you remind me a lot of Moses. I said, really? That's kind of cool. And, uh, and I wasn't sure if he meant Moses at 40 or Moses at 80. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I'm probably Moses at about 60 right now. And that's pretty good. Because there was a time I was Moses at 40. I'd want to lay hands suddenly on people. All right. I'm not the meekest man on the face of the earth yet. But I'm heading in that direction. And guys, I'm going to keep taking those steps of faith because that's going to make me a better pastor for you. And that's going to make me a better husband for her. And that's going to make me a better dad and granddad for those kids because I'm going to take those steps of faith. And all I'm asking today that you, church, would take those steps of faith with me. Amen? Step out of the safe zone. Step out of the comfortable into the faith zone and watch God do the miraculous. And finally, Moses would say, the safe zone robs us of our greatest moments and greatest memories. Many people are so afraid of risk that they spend their entire lives in Egypt, the land of not enough. You keep finding lack in your life. You keep saying, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. You're still in Egypt. Egypt is the land of not enough. Egypt is the land of toil and trouble and not enough. Egypt is religion. Egypt is a place, Brother Rick, where there's rules, there's rituals, there's requirements, but there's not freedom. There's bondage. It's the land of not enough. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of Egypt. I don't want no Egypt. This church is not about being Egypt. It's not about that. You're not about that. Christ Jesus was certainly not about that. Amen? But here's the deal. People sometimes get real comfortable in Egypt. The land of not enough. A few, though, are willing to get out of their safe zone, and as a result, they enter the desert. The land of just enough. So many Christians today are in the desert. They're in the wilderness. They're in that area where where they have just enough. They just have enough to get by. But guys, don't let the good be the enemy of the great. Don't become satisfied in the desert when you're determined for great and mighty things. Moses could have settled in the desert and we wouldn't be talking about him today. But he was not satisfied with just enough. He wasn't satisfied with that. He wanted to go to the place, the promised land, the place of more than enough. 
Amen? And that's where God wants this church to go. God wants you to do more. God wants me to do more. He wants you to leave the wilderness and enter the promised land, the land of more than enough, the land of plenty. Amen? It was by faith that Moses left the comfort zone, and that is what's required of you and I if we want to, requ- if we want to enjoy God's blessings to the fullest. 20 years from now, let this sink in. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the risks you didn't take than by the ones you did. 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the risks you didn't take than the, the ones you did. Defeat tomorrow's regret today by moving forward into the faith zone. Believe God with me and Miss Chantel for more. Let's pray more. Let's do more. Let's give more. Let's see more of God's blessings over us and our church and our community. Amen? As I close, Moses would like to pray for you. He'd like to pray over you. And this, I think, is what he would pray. Dear Lord, the God of my Father, the one I spoke to face to face, Give my friends a healthy discontent. Give them a divine dissatisfaction. Draw them out of the safe zone so that they may live every day in the faith zone. Make them wholly dependent on you so that they can do greater things than they ever imagined in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, Moses' prayer is a little more than a whisper. But there is incredible power in it. For a moment, all I can think of is we've talked to the man who spoke with God face to face. As soon as Moses finishes speaking, he's gone. You and I see his back retreating from us as another figure emerges from the stands. But that story is for next week. As I close this morning, Hebrews chapter number 11 verses 1 and 2 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. And you can obtain a good report as well. But the caution is found in Hebrews 11 and 6. For without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, guys, in order to leave the safe zone, to live in the faith zone, you will have to take a step of faith on your part. It will require faith. Anything we do for God requires faith. My family and I have taken this step of faith by becoming your pastors. You know, guys, believe it or not, even this job at the school, this coaching at the school can become a safe zone. Oh, I hate it at times, but guess what? There's things that you hate about your job, but it becomes safe. It becomes comfortable. I know every month what I'm getting from the school board. There's there's comfort in that, but God is calling me out of comfort. God is calling me to something more. He's calling you to something more, amen? And guys, we're not the only ones doing this. Tracy's taking a similar step. Just this week, we moved her into her new apartment, okay? She's coming here by faith. Her daughter's coming here by faith. Some of you have helped out. You've helped get uh, with, uh, with a, getting her apartment together and, and, and stuff and all that cool stuff. She's taking that step of faith. Holly and her family taking that step of faith. Bought, bought the oldest house in Berwick, the Hanson house down there by the river, and they're working on it. Oh, man, it's like this old house... 
uh, Jones style, okay? I mean, they've taken that step of faith. Why are they doing that? Do they love me and Chantel? Yeah, but they wouldn't do that for us. They're doing it for God. God is calling them out of the safe zone into the faith zone. Our youth pastor here today, stepping out of the safe zone, stepping out of the comfort of being next to family and friends and what he's known for so long, he's stepping into the faith zone. Guys, for a guy to come from North Louisiana to South Louisiana, that's a faith step, amen? Okay, but he's doing it not because we've called him, not because we're begging him, but because God has moved on his heart. That pretty little girl over there with the guitar in her hand on most Sundays doesn't hurt either, okay? Well, you should see that smile on his face right now. But guys, what I'm asking you to do is join us. Join us in stepping out of the safe zone into the faith zone. Because when you do, great and mighty things will happen. Amen?